Hello and welcome to the Six Shooter Podcast. My name is JR. With me, as always, my boy Bass. What is up, everyone? And uh, we're going to get into the NFL playoffs. Uh, we cracked the code as to why the Saints have not been able to move on in recent years. Sorry, Bass. And uh, we're going to get into why Deshaun Watson is the new Eli. We talk about, you know, the potential of buying some Home Depot stock only after the Bills win next week. And uh, Jack's reporting live from uh, the closet. Yeah, better sound quality. That's what it is. Anyways, let's get into shots. Courtesy of my Indianapolis shot glass. Uh, we'll get into that later in the pod. But uh, first topic, we're going to recap some of the games that happened this weekend in the NFL playoffs, the divisional round. Um, game number one, Saturday, early afternoon, the LA Rams fell to the Green Bay Packers uh, by a score of 32-18. to 18. Uh, I think really not much of a surprise there, um, but Aaron Rodgers gets to host, I believe, his first conference championship game in Lambeau yeah that doesn't seem right I mean he's always so good um the fact that he's it's the first time the Packers are hosting a championship game while he's at the helm that's uh that was that was one of the biggest surprises of this week um now obviously um heart goes out to Wolford right but um and the Rams but is LinkedIn still up I haven't checked yet well, yeah, he needs to he needs to hit the job market. You know, if people are hiring. You know, he's going against an, another million unemployed people. But um, look, I mean, we're really bummed out for the Rams. They had actually a better than expected season. I think you might agree with that. But I think I got the uh, I had a really hot take saying the Rams were going to win that game, and that was more wishful thinking than not. But uh, or did I say the Packers? We both agreed on the Packers on this one. This one is not uh, debated. Uh, we okay. Happen. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, the Rams season comes to an end. Um, you know, they they dealt with a lot of injuries at the very end. Uh, I believe Cooper Cup didn't play in this game. Um, they were pretty shorthanded. Um, so really not much of a surprise. Jared Goff, I mean, give the guy credit, 21 for 27. That's a pretty good completion percentage when uh, you're in the cold and you're dealing with three weeks off of uh, thumb surgery. So you know, Jared Goff put out a ve- uh, very decent effort, but they just didn't have enough firepower to hang with the, the Packers and Lambeau. And, you know, we'll get into it a little bit more when we talk about the coaching uh, changes that are going on in the NFL. But it's going to be a tough offseason for the Rams because they're experiencing a pretty good brain drain. Uh, under McVay, they've got a lot of attractive uh, assistant coaches that are being picked um, for other coaching jobs around the league. Um, so, yeah, well, actually, prizes there. But really, ahead. really quickly, um, just another recap. I, not recapping the Rams season, but Acres Cam Acres performed exceptionally better over the season um, than I was expecting for a, a Todd Gurley replacement. I was I was impressed by him. 
Oh, that guy is fun to watch. I think, um, you know, we're not a fantasy podcast, but, uh, and not to toot my own horn too, because I've got him in my dynasty league, but that guy <laughs> could be freaking a stud for a number of years to come. Uh, and he's going to be fun to watch next year. And he's going to be a top 10 running back in fantasy next year. I'm just calling it right now. That's uh, nice. that's my Cam Akers take. All right. And then in the evening, uh, Buffalo took down Baltimore 17 to three three whole points out of the Baltimore Ravens in this game. Um, yeah, my take that uh, the cold was not going to stop Lamar Jackson, uh, well, he didn't look good. He didn't even finish the game. Yeah, I um, I was surprised that it was a lot closer than it was. Um, and here I am blanking on what our picks were last week, but um, I thought it was going to be more of a blowout. I, I might recall. Maybe I'm wrong there. Someone can fact check us. I mean, this was just an ugly game. So many punts, uh, so many turnovers, uh, no real offense. And, you know, some people like defensive struggles. This was just a – this was more offensive ineptitude than it re- was, was anything else. Um, the Ravens go into the offseason now, and they're saying that they're sticking with Lamar, that he's their future. They would be surprised if they didn't sign him to a long-term contract. Um but I don't know if I, if I'm a Ravens fan, I have serious concerns about the quarterback position just in that he hasn't been able to get it done in the playoffs. Now one and three. I'd be curious to see what happens with the Ravens next season between uh, sharing the ball between JK Dobbins and Jackson. And the reason I say that now is because Mark Ingram, as many of you already know, uh, he got cut the very next day. So now the backfield is just, it's a two man backfield. I don't even know who the third option Gus, is at this point. Gus Edwards is a decent running back, uh, but oh, yeah. Robbins is the future. Um, I think that backfield is going to look much more clear moving forward with Gus Edwards as kind of the option number two behind Dobbins. Um, yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see. They, they just really, they don't have great wide receiver talent. Marquise Brown has come on, as of late, uh, but outside of him, you're relying on Des Bryant. And, and Lamar doesn't throw the ball, or he doesn't throw the ball well. He's legs. He's really good legs, but he, he has just legs. Um, if you have a run defense, you can – well, you're not going to stop him 100% of the time, but you're going to stop him 90% of the time, and, well, that wins ball games, close ones at that. And the Bills get to party on. I uh, – Look, I'm just going to say it right now. I want the Bills in the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll get it. Oh, me too. Dear God, I want the Bills in the Super Bowl. The fan base is just all I want for them to spend two weeks. I mean, the lead up. To, <laughs> I mean, the, the videos, the Bills Mafia, it's going to be intense. The broken and, tables. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> buy a Home Depot stock in the greater Buffalo area if uh, <laughs> if they win. All right, um, moving on to Sunday, uh, the KC Chiefs hang on to beat Cleveland 22-17. to Now, Bass, y- you kind of took Cleveland on this. I took uh, KC by 20. Um, I'm going to go on record by saying if Pat Mahomes didn't get hurt, they would have done it. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't – the game wasn't as close as I – or I felt the game wasn't as close as the score would suggest. 22 – was it 22-17? Yep. It was a one-score game. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And, and obviously, uh, thoughts and prayers to Mahomes. Hopefully, he can clear protocol and play for, uh, you know, uh, the championship game. But, um, it, yeah, it, it should have been 
more of a blowout. And the Browns just didn't look like they were in control the entire game. Yes. Now, the Chiefs were pretty much in control the entire time. There was one really controversial play, and that was the touchback through the end zone. Um, Higgins is close to the goal line, reaches for the pylon, and fumbles, and the ball goes out the side of the end zone. Now, by rule, this is a touchback, and it gives the ball back to Kansas City. Um, Is it time to do away with that rule? Maybe, maybe. I mean, hey, I'm a Saints fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I don't think I should have an opinion when it comes to changing rules, especially ones that, um, you know, they only last for a year. But I think maybe it would be interesting to see if they do a, pro, a, a probationary period. Also, sorry about that. My dog is, this dog is trying to get by me uh, and all 140 pounds of it. No, it, it's, it's going to be interesting because the, I saw that play and that just did not make sense. I think the dog's bigger than you, Bass. But, yes, yeah, oh, so I, I, I think that that's a old, antiquated kind of rule. Um, I think you got to encourage the players from going for the pylon. It's a fun, exciting play. And it's one rule that just your average NFL fan, your casual NFL fan, is just left scratching their head because they don't actually understand what the fuck is happening when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first time I saw it, it enraged me. Uh, I can imagine a lot of Cleveland Browns fans you know, being pretty upset with that. And and to Cleveland, hey, you made it to the playoffs for the first time in forever. You made it into the second round. You beat a divisional rival to do so. Uh, yeah. That's on that. That's a successful season. Um, they're probably a little bit more upset than they should be just because they didn't actually think they'd get this far. And once you get this far, your hopes start to go up a little bit. You know, they just kind of kept going up slow like a roller coaster and then ultimately the Chiefs just stomped on it like a watermelon. You give them an inch, they want a Super Bowl ring. That's it's a simple fact of the matter. But. Well, could be a long time till that happens. All right, in the last game, um, Tampa Bay beats New Orleans 30-20. to 20. Bass, this one's all you. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? Um, well, what I will start off by saying is I actually kept my phone off uh, during the game because I knew – there would be shit talking uh, inbound, um, and and look, I so I have one of these you know fancy schmancy watches that tells your blood pressure and tells your heart rate and stuff. I was there. I didn't go below one thirty, which is not healthy. The Saints are uh, have taken objectively have taken years off of my life. But when you look at that game, um, Drew looked awful. Three interceptions, uh, and you know that fumble. Uh, I think it was by Cook. But three interceptions does not win you a football game. Four turnovers, losing the turnover battle, you'll seldom win a football game. Um, I I think the Bucs, you know, so here's the thing about the Saints. To beat the Saints, everything has to go right. And that was the case in the regular season. There were a lot of games, even that Chicago game, where they got particularly unlucky. And I was thinking, well, you know, if Wims had got, or Mims or whatever his last name is, had caught that pass in the end zone, that would have changed the entire dynamic of it. He, they got unlucky. They got unlucky with calls, this, that, the other. Um, but everything worked, went well for the Bucks. And, hey, they're a very talented team. Um, I, I don't want to take anything away from, from Brady or anything like that, but it was really painful to see. And I think there was such an expectation in New Orleans that it would be similar to Peyton Manning where he's riding off into the sunset on a Super Bowl win as his last, last game. Um, they, I felt like they, they – 
I felt that New Orleans felt entitled to that for Drew, given everything he's done for the city, rebuilding that team, making it a relevant franchise year over year. Um, but for that to be Drew Brees' last game, or presumably his last game, uh, that, that was trash. Completely awful. I, I think it's fitting and it's frustrating at the same time. I think when you saw that game, um, you wanted this to be one beats the other, right? Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. They both could be going out, you know? I mean, yeah, Brady's probably playing next year, but Brees, it had been talked about, he's probably going out after this. And you wanted one to beat the other, but I think, unfortunately, what you saw was Drew Brees throwing two picks in the fourth quarter and unable to lead that comeback. They weren't uh, even good picks. They weren't even, or, or they were like, they were really bad throws. They were over, or there was even a, there was one throw that was like off target by like 10 yards. How? Yeah. You didn't look elite. That's why it's fitting and frustrating. It's frustrating because you didn't get the opportunity for one to beat the other. One beat themselves. You know, Brees yeah. throwing those picks. That's what lost the game. The Bucks didn't win it. I mean, good plays making those picks, but like you said, they weren't egregious. You know, you know, amazing plays by the defense. They kind of got handed that. Uh, and it it's it's fitting though at the same time though, because you realize unfortunately that means it's probably time for Drew to hang it up. Yeah. He he's not the one maybe blessing he's going to have out of this is he's not going to sit and wonder, could I go one more year? he's going to realize I fought through so many broken ribs and I threw two picks at the end. I just, father time got me. I just don't have it anymore. Yeah. I, I was, dude, I was upset. I still am upset. Um, I mean, I, I could go on and on and I, I could take a lot longer than this entire podcast duration to really express all my emotions on it. I'm real look, it was not how I wanted to see him go out. It was not the shootout. It wasn't the quarterback battle that everyone wanted. Um, but I'm going to say, well, I want to, I want to take another second. If you don't mind, Jack, uh, you know what the biggest bullshit of the whole thing was the amount of text messages I got from my friends who are Pats fans sh talking shit like, Oh, there you go. Tom's better than Brees. Suck a fucking dick. Okay. First of all, like you think he's like a, still a Patriot. No, he had, he's an unloyal piece of shit. He left for, for warmer weather. Like he didn't retire a Patriot. There you go. Like, and you're talking smack on me. Get out of here. Get out of fucking town. I was so heated by that. And that's why I keep my phone off during Saints games, especially pivotal ones. Oh, I have – okay, uh, one, one last point. Um, I think there's a grand conspiracy here uh, when it comes to Saints playoff games. Because the last four years I, – I actually don't think this is 100% the truth. It seems that they always lose when the next day isn't a work day. Mm. Or that's the that's the feel I got when they lost to the the, the um, uh, Vikings in the Minnesota Miracle. The next day was MLK. When they lost to uh, the Rams, I think the next day was MLK. When they lost to the Vikings last season, the next day was Sunday. When they lost to the Bucks this time around, it was um, Sunday, and the next day was MLK. Ah, oh. just saying, grand conspiracy. I, like, look, it, I know QAnon's all bummed out with everything that happened. Like, if you need a new conspiracy, go to that. Who was Martin Luther King's favorite football team? We might need to look this up. Uh, well, he's from he was from Atlanta. Oh, oh, okay. We just figured it out, folks. MLK was a Falcons fan, and he's haunting the Saints from the grave on his birthday, on his holiday. Well, fuck. Let's take a shot to Martin Luther King, a great man, and let's take a shot to Drew Brees to a great career. Love it. Wow, that's a fucking – we solved that one, folks. 
It doesn't yeah. make the losses any easier. I'll tell you that. No, does not make them sweeter. Well, let's start looking now to the conference championship games. We got two great matchups on Sunday. Starting off uh, with Tampa Bay visiting the Packers in Lambeau. Um, Bass, obviously I know who you're rooting for, but let's hear it. What do you think? Actually, I don't think you know who I'm rooting for. I think, here's a hot take, it would be fucking outstanding. Like, insanely epic if it was a Bucks bills Super Bowl and Tom Brady were – you know, just tormenting Bills fans from another division. Think about that. Mm. Think how about how insane that is. And now we'll talk about the Bills-Chiefs game in a second. And, yes, I am rooting for the Bills to go all the way. But um, I think it would be actually really fun to see the Bucks beat uh, Green Bay and, and be in the Super Bowl and just to give Buffalo that much more torment for, you know, two, three more weeks. Well, but I, um, I, if, I, I, if, I, if I had to make a pick just to make a actual smart – money pick i will say the packers but it would be more fun to see the uh, bucks well i think uh actually i think the bucks have a chance in this one um you know kind of sticking on my cold weather theory tom brady's used to playing in foxborough he's used to the cold weather he's used to hosting playoff games i mean you know this is aaron Rodgers' apparent first home playoff game uh or sorry first home conference championship uh, Tom Brady's probably got like what 10 probably by now so he's used to this kind of environment this is what he thrives in um, I'm actually going to go the other way I'm going to give it to the Bucks on this one um, these teams met earlier in the year and Tampa kicked the crap out of them so yeah I don't know that they're going to necessarily do that again I wouldn't expect them to do that again but I think the difference is going to come down to Green Bay's defense versus Tampa Bay's defense. And I believe Tampa Bay has the better defense. I think they're a team that can hold up and give Rodgers uh, a tough time. There's not many teams that can do that. Um, so I'm going with Tampa Bay on this one. I, But here's the thing. The Packers beat the Rams because the Rams are a warm weather team. You know, Tampa Bay, Florida is a pretty warm weather place, and all of their players are used to warm weather. I'm just saying that probably gives the uh, Packers competitive advantage, presumably. I do think the Bucks have a chance. They have a window. At the same time, the Bucks are a team of, of just all of these players. For They're kind of like a modern super team. You know, they had guys like, well, I guess Fournette is another Florida guy. But, you know, Gronk came back. Um Antonio Brown from Pittsburgh, you know, you're not necessarily dealing with guys that have never played in weather. Um, not all of these guys are exactly from Florida proper their whole lives. It's not a Lamar Jackson situation. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see. It, it, it's going to be a good game. I'm going to be glued to the TV from when this game starts at noon till our next game is over. So Bass, it sounds like you're going with Green Bay. I'm going. I am. Cool. We'll, we'll see. We're, we're tied, by the way, for the for the viewers, uh, uh, the listeners. We're, we're tied from last week. Uh, we both are one. We're both three and one, I believe. I think I might be two and two. Well, depends how we count that Kansas City game, because I was calling them by 20, and you were saying <laughs> Cleveland, but I was trying to give you a little bit out of you could just say by like 10. 
So we'll kind of call that one a wash. We'll say we're two, one, and one. How about that? We'll, we'll get some soccer scoring or, or is that how they do points? I, I don't even know. Is that hockey? <laughs> hockey. Yes. Hockey. Yeah. We'll call it two, one, and one. All right. So for the second game, we got Buffalo going to KC. Uh, the big interesting thing is going to be, is Pat Mahomes healthy to play in this game? I think the narrative shifts completely if he's not. We're going to assume Pat is going to play for this discussion. Uh, he's been practicing. Uh, technically, if you're in the concussion protocol, you are not eligible to be listed as a full participant. But reports I did hear is he took almost all the first team reps at their most recent practice. So he's probably going to play. Now, one, I think this is going to be an awesome, fun game. Uh, you're going to have two really high-powered offenses, two exciting quarterbacks, two big arms going against each other with two teams that don't have the greatest of defenses. So I think you are going to see a lot of scoring. Um, ultimately, I don't know. I It's going to be close. The line right now is at three points. Um, my heart really wants Buffalo. My mind is saying Kansas City. What do you think, Bass? You know, as um... – uh, our friend Tits once said, you don't get rich making uh, safe bets. Um, Vegas 2016. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the Bills. You know, my heart's in it. And that, that team has heart. That city has heart. And I, I think it's going to be a great game. But I really think I really think they have it together this year to make it. They, I thought, you know, even in the regular season that they had it all together or pieced together for a deep run. And I think it's showing now. And, um, you know, it, it is going to be a question mark seeing what Patrick Mahomes, how he's feeling, how much, how many reps he, you know, Andy Reid's going to put him in for. He's pres presumably going to have him in for all of it. But will he be 100%? Look, looking at what happened to Drew, Drew was not 100% and still playing. And it, it was taxing on him. I'm wondering if that's going to happen and be the same case for uh, Mahomes. But uh, Josh Allen, it, he practices in shorts, Jack. That's. He's a stallion. Exactly. I, I want. I'm going to go with Buffalo as well. Um, I, I want the hope of that city uh, to lead them into the Super Bowl. I want all that will come with the Bills in the Super Bowl, the media coverage. You know, imagine the NFL media getting to descend down upon Bills Mafia and just showcase that. You know, you know they're going to feed off of that. You know that the NFL media is going to love it. We're going to love it. There's going to be tailgates. There's going to be lighting things on fire and jumping through it. There's going to be more, um, you, you know, the salute where they pour entire ketchup and mustard bottles on the same guy and he's just yep. really covered. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be an exciting, wild time. And Shoot, dude. Uh, Monday morning, if uh, the Bills win, I think I'm buying some Home Depot stock. <laughs> well, I think of all the four teams, now that we've talked about them, I think the Bills winning the Super Bowl, and we'll talk about this next week in the next pod before, uh, you know, in the lead up to the Super Bowl, but if it is the Bills that advance, the Bills have the, I, I think a Bills victory would be the most positive thing for the league. Yes. Yes, for a team that struggled through four Super Bowls and lost all of them. Uh, in a row. In a row, yes. The only – I mean, if you're to go by the suffering index, I would make wholeheartedly the argument 
it is worse to have a good team but never get the championship than it is to have a perpetually bad team. I'll put it this way. I would rather be a Browns fan than I would a Bills fan. And, and this is pre the Browns making the playoffs this year and, and doing something. You know, I would rather, you know, never have my hopes up than to have my hopes up every single year to the highest amount. You know, you can, there's nothing more hopeful than being in the Super Bowl. There's nothing more gut-wrenching than losing. I would rather be a Browns fan too than a Saints fan. I agree. <laughs> well, that, there's a little bit of recent pain in there as well. But, you know, you got a championship like ten years ago. The Eagles got one like five years ago. At that Who's point, you're not allowed to complain. You know, it's like a <laughs> five to ten year window where you just kind of deal with it. All right. Well, we'll check in next week for the Super Bowl and see how things are going. Ooh. All right. Well. Now let's get to some coaching updates from around the league. The Philadelphia Eagles have hired a coach. Um, his name is Nick Sirianni. Uh, he is the former offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. That is why, shout out to the city of Indianapolis, I'm using your shot glass. Uh, I believe I got it. Somebody, oh shit, JP. He used to work in Indianapolis. I think that's what it was. He like worked there for like a summer or something. I don't know. I don't Shout know. out JP. Shout out JP. Um, so yeah. So Nick Sirianni, former Colts offensive coordinator going to the Eagles. He's 39 years old. He's another one of these trending young coaching hires. Um, and I think it's a lot of promise. Um, he's worked with guys like Phillip Rivers for a long time. And I think if you can make something out of Phillip Rivers, if you can build an offense around that, that plays to that quarterback's uh, strengths and obvious weaknesses, um, I, I think be it Wentz or be it Hurts, that's an upgrade. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that's more your segment, Jack. I just, I don't know enough about, you know, the Eagles. And I know you were paying close attention to that glued to the, the computer or the TV. Oh, no name. He's coming out of nowhere. I mean, we're being entirely honest. I didn't know about <laughs> the guy until the day of they interviewed him. You know, I was sitting there and the reports coming out, you know, I, I'm sitting there. I'm on the Eagles Reddit page going into the weeds about who are they going to hire? Who are they going to hire? And they're talking about fucking Josh McDaniels. Now, here's also a shout-out Indianapolis. I, I think Josh McDaniels is a fine coach. I think he was there in Denver during the Tebow years. Um, the reason I do not want McDaniels is because of the fucking dick move he pulled a couple years ago. And it also, here's a, a real full, full 360. We're going to go completely around on this one, right? If Josh McDaniels didn't fuck over the Colts, they wouldn't have picked Frank Reich, Frank Reich as their head coach now. And if they didn't take Frank Reich as their head coach from the Eagles, then Doug Peterson probably still has a job because Frank Reich was the anchor of that offense that led them to the Super Bowl. And they would have kept that momentum. Frank Reich is the one that has the best relationship with Carson Wentz and, and, and made that work so early on. So, you know what? If it wasn't for Josh McDaniels doing that, 
the Eagles never have Nick Sirianni as their new head coach. Wow, mind blown. That's the butterfly effect. Oh my goodness, the NFL butterfly effect. Yep. Goodness. I that actually that's that's staggering. <laughs> how 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 much of a chain reaction that well, I guess didn't cause perhaps. Yeah. That's it, nuts. It's all a game of dominoes, Bass, and um I don't have that good of eyesight to see far in advance, so well, that's why I have I have glasses to correct for that. Um, I, I, long distance, I mean, not um, future coaching decisions naturally. But um, uh, shout out to the uh, Jets. I don't know if we talked about this last week, but um, Robert Sala. Next, Robert Sala. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Good for that is the best thing to happen to the Jets since Joe Namath his drunken interview. Um, actually, I mean, it's, that's, that's the perfect coaching pick. Uh, what is he? A D, he was a DC for the 49ers defensive coordinator for the 49ers for four seasons. Have you seen um, how the dude is like, Oh yeah. He, he's just, he's got such energy and he's just big and bulked out on the sideline all the time. Like he kind of looks like if one of their DNs goes down, you could put him in for a couple plays. I mean, he, he at least knows what the play is and where they're going with it. Um, great hire by the Jets. Um, now, I, I think it's interesting. You get a great coach. You build off of what has always been that franchise's identity. They've never been a great offensive team. They've always been a good defensive team whenever they've been successful. Uh, yeah, what the hell is going to happen with Sam Darnold, though? Well, by all uh, by all looks, um, the forecast is he's probably going to end up on my fantasy football team, my 32 <laughs> PPR team at this point. That's going to be rough. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got talent, theoretically. Adam Gase is gone. Yep. When Adam Gase leaves, people tend to do better. Uh, the bad man can't hurt you no more. So we'll see what happens with Sam Darnold. He's also, like, he's still younger than us. I mean, he's been in the in the league for, like, four years or something like that. But he's still a super young guy. Uh, so I think there is talent there. I think the interesting thing, though, becomes who do they hire as an offensive coordinator? Mm-hmm. How do they build around Sam? You know, I've heard reports. I don't know the exact name, but that the um, 49ers passing game coordinator, I believe, is following Robert Sala over to the Jets. Uh, so they're kind of doing a brain drain on that. And, and a lot of 49ers personnel are moving over that way but you're not getting really a high profile coach that has worked with specifically quarterbacks in the past. So it'll be interesting where things go with Darnold. I think theoretically things can only go up. They can't get worse, but um, we'll see how far they go. And I also would like to uh, shout out Detroit, another, um, you know, less fortunate franchise or, you know, of recent history um dan campbell wow now jack did you see this interview i mean he quoted uh lebowski he talked about biting people's kneecaps off which i don't know if that's considered assault i mean it it was electric that's one step above uh mike tyson there he so i i did see the placard he has um i believe it says it, it says dan campbell it says head coach it says the dude I believe he literally, I mean, he literally quoted Lebowski on his fucking plaque. 
I mean, the guy, I love that movie. Probably oh, yeah. top five best movies of my fucking entire life that I've ever seen. I mean, the scene it, where all of a sudden he's just flying on the carpet. I mean, fantastic. Anyway. That, that movie was so good that it actually got me to buy the ingredients to make a white Russian, which is objectively one of the worst drinks in existence. But I did it because oh, of the movie. I love white Russians. Don't you say that? Really? I love Oof. white Russians. You, you want to know the, the trick? Make sure you're making a white Russian with cream. Don't put milk or some kind of shit like that. Like, put the real deal. Put actual cream in the white Russian. Get the Kahlua. Get the vodka. It's really fucking good. Have you ever tried it? You got to try this. Where you drink a white Russian every time he drinks a white Russian in the Big Lebowski. Well, that's the drinking game. That's how I st- I did it. Yeah, yeah, and and so you probably died because it's like seventeen white Russians throughout the entire fucking movie, and, and if you're making those, you know, anything worth their salt, you're gonna be on your fucking ass. I I mean, it, we'll it, tell you what, Jack. When I, when I'm out in California, if the opportunity provides, I will let you make the white Russian because clearly I've not been making them correctly all I, two I, times I've done it. Have you ever ordered one in a bar? No. Oh, okay. Thank God. Okay. Because, you know, obviously probably anybody already knows this, but pro tip, never order anything with cream or milk in a bar because dear God, they don't fucking change that shit out. (laughs) Think of how long the alcohol sits there and then think of how long the milk sits there because you don't order fucking milk at a bar. Yeah. Think about how many people, you know, order white Russians at a bar. Hey, I order black Russians from time to time. That's literally okay. black Russian is literally just vodka and Kahlua. It is, uh, it's a good one. You know, I mean, something to sip on it. It's not bad. Um, one last coaching hire I do want to point out as well is the chargers have a new coach in Brandon Staley. Uh, they reach right across. Uh, he probably doesn't even have to move. Uh, he's going from the Rams defensive coordinator to the new uh, head coach of the Chargers. Uh, I think that's a good hire. You've got a guy who's obviously had a lot of talent with guys like Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Um, but I think, again, the Chargers are uh, an identity built off of that defense. And, yeah, you've got exciting pieces like, um, like Justin Herbert uh, and Keenan Allen. But – that defense is really how they're going to continue to build their identity. And um, I think it's a good pick. He's another young, exciting coaching hire. So shout out to the chargers for a good move. Yeah. I, I mean, thoughts and prayers to Anthony Lynn. I thought he was a good coach. I, I, I personally did. Hard Knock- I mean, I started to like the guy on hard knocks, but I mean, anytime, Oh dude. Cause I would watch some chargers games every now and then. And I'm a, I'm a Justin Herbert stock owner, and I mean, it's just frustrating the way that they would manage it. Manage it. It would remind me, you know, they were what one in seven like the year before in one score games, and that trend just continued into this year. At a certain point, that's just a reflection of the poor coaching and the the bad time management and the bad late game decision making. So yeah. in Anthony Lynn, I think he's a great guy. I, I root for him. Um, but like I got some Andy Reed clock management kind of vibes from the guy. I mean, just not what you want. Um, so hope him, hope for him the best. I hear he's getting offensive coordinator con, uh, consideration some places. Um, 
you know, good dude. Just yeah, much material, I don't think. Yeah, his his career's not done, but it'll be interesting to see where he does end up. Yep. All right. Well, taking another shot. On to the next. On to the next. Ooh. Well, next. Oh, I need chasers, right? That's such a satisfying, like, that's such a satisfying sound. <laughs> what? The, the, like, the bottle or like corking it? It's just so nice. Ugh. It's beautiful. Yeah, all I got is the stupid little plastic spinny top. It doesn't sound as good. At least I'm drinking out of glass. I mean, I got that much pride at least. <laughs> oh, all right. We're going to talk about some retiring quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, Drew Brees is uh, the oldest one. Uh, also, Philip Rivers coming out and 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 saying that he's going to be retiring. Actually, kind of interesting to think about it that mm-hmm. Drew Brees is retiring in the same breath that Philip Rivers is. Obviously, these are two guys that were drafted by the same franchise. One replaced the other, um, and both go on to have really great careers. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. And I, um, you know, it's so, when we're talking about Phil Rivers, it's so sad that he never got the, the ring is he definitely had the talent. I bet you look at, look at his years in San Diego and and LA. Did he actually ever play when it was LA? Yeah. 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 He played there. uh, It was two years ago. They were the first year of the LA chargers and they were playing in a, in a soccer stadium. Right. It fit 27,000 people you know, half the next smallest NFL stadium, and it was 90% away fans. I, I Let's let's just, for simplicity's sake, when he was a San Diego Charger. <laughs> um, I, I, but it, but it, there were so many wasted years. I, I was really bummed out that, you know, looking back on his career, he never really did a whole lot with it. I don't think he ever made the – did he ever make the AFC championship? I don't know. I want to say he got there. Uh, I would bet that he got there. I don't know 100%, and I'm not going to be able to look it up quick enough. But I think the unfortunate thing is maybe not, you know, not everyone wins a Super Bowl. There are there are a lot of great players that go without winning a Super Bowl. But the sad thing is that he never made one. Because yeah. I think the amount of in-depth, um, you know, reporting, the amount of coverage that that, that gets, the amount of um, – familiarity and attention that a player gets um, through being the quarterback of that whole process. I mean, you can kind of go back and, and we could probably, it would take us a few minutes, but we could probably go back and name every starting quarterback in the Super Bowl over the last 10 to 15 years. If we really, yeah. and, and Philip Rivers isn't on that list and he's a great guy. Um, awesome trash talker, even though he doesn't swear fucking hilarious to hear him trash talk sometimes freaking hilarious freaking hilarious hilarious uh (laughs) and and he's got like basically his own football team at home you know when they did move to la i thought one thing that was really cool is he basically um had a private driver obviously because he's got a shit ton of money uh private driver and he would watch film and have his driver drive him to and from practice and he would stay in the same house because I don't know, man. I've moved with just me and my girlfriend. That's a lot of work. Can you imagine moving yourself, your wife, and your 47 kids, however many he has? 
Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, it was probably an easier decision for him rather than lug all, you know, what is it? What number is he actually on? 12, 11? Um, I think it's actually nine, but it, it could be 11. I mean, a lot, you know, it clearly, um, you know, condoms aren't readily available in San Diego, I suppose. But um, it, it probably would make more sense, logistically speaking, just to keep the whole family in one place rather than up and, you know, up and uh, unroot the kids, reroute them. I don't know. Uproot them. That's what I was going for. What's in this brandy? Um, I. It, but it is weird, though, that he never made a Super Bowl, and it really elevates one's brand. It, it's funny. So my mom, um, obviously, I, I hate going back to the Saints, but this is a really apt example. You know, she loves everything that has Drew Brees on the packaging, right? She'll, you know, go out of her way to buy stuff like that. And, of course, it doesn't have any Saints logos or NFL logos, right? But it'll say, this is Drew Brees, number nine, Super Bowl champion. You know, when Phil Rivers, I mean, he's in commercials, right? He sells stuff. He has a brand. Um, but he'll never have the Super Bowl champion. Um, it'll just be pro football quarterback, which doesn't distinguish him any differently than you know, Kyler Murray or uh, Kyle Allen or Sam Darnold or any Tim Tebow, you know, I mean, so many people have that moniker, but they don't have Super Bowl champion and neither will Phil Rivers. And I, I think you were saying earlier, Jack, it's like the, the great debate is, is he Hall of Fame worthy because of that? I think he's on the edge. Um, and I would say the weird thing. So the year before, right? One year before we get to find out if Philip Rivers is going to make the Hall of Fame, we're going to get to see if Eli Manning gets into the Hall of Fame. Now, if you're asking me, Eli Manning is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He has numbers because of longevity. He has two Super Bowl rings because of his defense. Mm -hmm. Eli Manning is not a Super Bowl quarterback. The only, or sorry, a Hall of Fame quarterback. The only reason he possibly is going to get there is because he's from New York with the Giants and the media surrounding that is going to be enough to get him kind of those tie-breaking votes to kind of push him in. He's not a Hall He's a Manning. He's a Manning. Peyton, fucking fantastic. Eli, the dopey little brother. I mean, you, you watch Eli, and for his entire career, you were never afraid of Eli. I mean, you're looking at Eli, and he's a fucking meme. I mean <laughs> – all the, you know, him on the beach with the pail and he's got the soft body, um, him um, with the dumbfounded look, the amount of times I saw him almost throw picks, just trying to throw a check down or, or just throw the ball away. The guy was not a dominant NFL quarterback. And for much of their career, I would make the strong argument that Phillip Rivers was the better quarterback just luck did not strike in his favor. So I think the bell, the bellwether, the weather bell, what, whatever the fuck that term is, is going to be, does Eli get in? So if Eli gets in, mm -hmm. I think Phil has to get in. Um, if Eli doesn't get in, there's still an argument to be made that Philip Rivers can get in, um, but, but possibly not. The other tricky thing with this too, is he's going to be compared to Drew Brees, right? So you're going to have their numbers right next to each other when you're voting on who in that Hall of Fame class, because timing matters, right? Quarterbacks almost always have an easier path. If you're a quarterback in the NFL for over 10 years, 
you brought your team to the playoffs a lot and you had great stats, that's the easiest position to get in to the Hall of Fame. But the problem is, is that if you've got a guy like Drew Brees, who is a no doubter, and you're on the edge, you know, you, you might have to wait a couple years or you might not get it at all. Yeah, it's, I mean, when you look at it, Eli got two rings, Drew got one, but I don't think there's any rational, sane individual who thinks Eli is better based off of the Super Bowl ring metric, right? Um, but taking a step back, you know what is super interesting? You know what the commonality between all three of these quarterbacks is? It, it's San Diego. Because Eli was originally, he vetoed going to SD, and that's what brought him to New York. Um, I, I mean, we also know Ben Roethlisberger. We still have to talk about him, but I mean, I don't know if he has an SD connection, but it would be very fitting. Well, I'm going to transition this. We're going to take another shot right here. Absolutely. Because while while Ben is up in the air, and we're not going to exactly know for a little while which way he's going, there is some other quarterback news that I think you talking about Eli Manning being a dick and, and not going and playing for the Chargers, uh, saying that the O-line is so subpar I could never play for them. You know, you're, you're a rookie. You haven't even played in the NFL. Go fuck yourself. Um, let's transition that into another NFL controversy. Yes, yes, we shall. And, um, Jack, while you're taking that shot, um, that looked particularly painful um to kind of tee it up though i mean i think you and i are going to have very similar not similar takes but you and i are arguing the same side of the coin here um when we're talking about deshaun watson exactly that was what i was going to get into deshaun watson um he has said that he is not happy he went from a level two to a level 10 he's not happy with the houston texans organization uh he is rumored to be either wanting to request a trade, saying he's not going to play for them. Now, I have a few thoughts on this. Um, And I want to start by saying I don't think that the premise of Deshaun Watson's anger is unfounded. I think the NFL should have um, a vested interest in uh, hiring the best talent making sure that every rock is unturned and also making sure that representation uh, is, is important when making these head coaching hires. Um, The discussion is, is that Deshaun Watson is frustrated that he was not consulted when they were uh, discussing who would be the new GM for the Houston Texans. And also early on uh, there was zero consideration for Eric Bieniemy, an African-American coach, uh, who has a long-standing uh, list of credentials, being the offensive coordinator for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, a great offense. And Deshaun Watson was displeased that he was not um, being brought in and highly considered as a coaching candidate. So I, I think on that angle, Deshaun has a point that hmm. you know these guys do need to be brought in. They do need to be interviewed. These should be uh, there's no reason every single team would want Eric the to at least be in the building for an interview. And, and so how the hell do you not have him in there for an interview? Mm-hmm. Flip side to this is Deshaun, you signed a really, really large contract. And actually I think the movie, Mr. Deeds best exemplifies my point in the movie, Mr. Deeds, 
Adam Sandler comes to own the New York Jets, even though he's a Bills fan, but he comes to own no, or is it a Patriots fan? He's from the He's a Pats fan. He's he's yeah. from New England. He's from Boston. I, I forget. He's from the middle of nowhere in that movie. <laughs> he goes to the big city and, and comedy ensues. But anyways, so in the movie Mr. Deeds, he now owns the New York Jets and the quarterback says, I want to raise or I'm not playing next year. Something along that lines. And Adam Sandler, uh, in his um Hillbilly folklore from uh Backwoods uh New England points out to him, well, you signed a contract, right? Yeah. And if you don't play well, you still get that money, right? Yeah. So, you know, what grounds do you have after you've signed that agreement to then say, but I want more money, right? I mean, we all, would that work in your line of business pass? I mean, I can't just go to my boss's office and say, I want to raise. Otherwise I'm not playing. Well, they're going to say, get the fuck out. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm gone. So to Deshaun Watson, who's making plenty of money, um, you know, look, I think this is completely different from the, uh, the, racial justice, the, um, the speaking out and using your platform kind of shut up and play kind of thing. I think this is different because you've got this giant contract and, and, and I don't know. I fucking lost my train of thought. Uh, No, no, no. Well, well, (laughs) hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. I, I, I might be able to salvage it because, well, I will, I mean, you, you made really good point and this is, but I want to build upon that. It's the fact that, yeah, he was paid a shit ton of money, but he's unproven. It's like, sure, the guy's getting paid, what is it, a quarter quarter bill? Big B, you know? Um, it, the thing is, he's unproven. He hasn't really done anything. He has, I mean, sure, he's, he's, you know, he has shown, like, you know, hot flashes of just skill and, and, and pure athleticism. But at the same time, like, what has he done with it? And, yeah, you can, uh, you know, attribute that to Bill O'Brien and everything, but um, – the truth is, I don't know if it, sure he's being paid a lot, but he isn't really in a position to to I guess it, you know make such a fuss about this. He's acting like a diva, and if he's not careful, he's going to end up in New York. He's going to end up on the Jets, and then who wins? Does he win? No, I don't think so. Wins. Okay, I think I I, I can resalvage my point a little bit as well. <laughs> Thank you because I think you did as well. I I think my point is this is not about a greater political argument i think everyone yep. agrees with him everyone does agree with him um the difference is is this is a, a case where you've got a beef internally with your own organization not with the greater politic not with the greater nfl not with these big giant you know um political platforms um people agree with you and and you can voice that and you can still play and you can still make your $250 million contract. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if players are thinking now that they can voice displeasure with the organization and they can force trades and go wherever they want, I think that's a really interesting place for the NFL to be. We've seen that in other leagues, like the NBA. That is yep. a thing in the NBA. Players can say, I want out, and they can pretty much make it happen. But that's never come to the NFL. And um, 
I don't think that's something that the NFL wants to happen. Um, and I think the Houston Texans ownership, they, they've, they've screwed themselves. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. they've, they've created this mess and they've, they've walked into this pretty difficult situation. They, they've basically just screwed off, screwed off or, or pissed off their best asset, their only asset at this point because they've traded away everything else. Yeah, they, they made their bed. And we talked about this last week when we were discussing James Harden. And, and you made a really good point that this isn't something that's commonplace in the NFL. But, um, I mean, I don't think this is a really hot take when I say there is not a snowball's chance in hell, a snowball's chance in Texas that Watson plays down there next season there's not a chance the the amount of negativity that's surrounding this whole thing if you're forget the quarterback position imagine if you're on the offensive line the defensive line if you're in the backfield if you're running back wide receiver or a coach water boy you're demoralized by all of this you're you're seeing what's happening to your team you know the leader which is supposed to be the quarterback is acting like a fool or you know he's acting like he's acting right now what motivation does that give you or how much encouragement does that give you to go ahead and win the or perform for the ultimate goal of winning a Super Bowl it doesn't there's not a snowball's chance in hell that Watson's going to stay in Houston next season it's going to be curious to see where he ends up and you know the six-year pod will follow him and we'll 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 narrate that when we cross that bridge but it's a really sad situation for that organization because there's still a new organization relative to the rest of the league and Apart from Schwab, I don't even know if Schwab is the bright spot, but it was supposed to be Watson. Watson was supposed to be the, the northern light of that team. And he's, you know, for a magnitude of reasons, he's gone ahead and snuffed it. Or they've all snuffed it. And it's just, it's a really sad, it, it's a dumpster fire. Well, foreign, uh, former players have spoken out on this issue. You've got Andre, Andre Johnson, who never yeah. Uh, great career with Houston, but never really went anywhere. And, and DeAndre Hopkins as well. They've both um, sent their support to Watson. Um, again, just in kind of broad summary, you know, you, you signed a contract, you, you play to this contract. This is not a kneeling before the anthem kind of thing. This is uh, you signed up to play and, and you should respect that contract for that organization that you signed up to play with. Um, you know, you're these people kind of like we, we talked about with like Evander Kane, they're making more money in one NFL game each season than I'm going to make in 10 years. Yeah. So, so there's a little bit of humbling that has to come with that. Um, and this is just kind of a, a, a diva ship that we're used to seeing from wide receivers. Um, and Eli Manning, oddly enough. Yeah. It's true. It's true. All right. Shall we uh, tap into the last one? Yeah, let's uh, switch to a fun topic. Uh, kind of a funny one. So report came out recently that the NBA is going to install security guards at half court to prevent players from hugging before games. I think this is hilarious um, because obviously it's not like they're going to do everything but kiss over the next three hours after that. <laughs> it's I'm, a contact sport. It's a contact sport. What are you trying to accomplish here? 
Yeah, you're gonna have pick and rolls. You got you know boxing out. Um, you're gonna have all these things. I mean, the NBA now calls a foul for basically anything, but you're you're really gonna prevent players who are gonna interact the rest of the rest of the three hours from saying what's up and 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 high fiving before the game. It's I don't. Well, I mean, what are they trying to accomplish? What are they trying to solve? I mean, we know better by now. We know, I mean, we've been doing COVID for the last 11 months, about to be, you know, a full year or pretty much. Let's just round. Let's just say a year. We know what the procedure is. You're a professional athlete. You know, you're playing for something a lot bigger. You're playing for a lot more money than, again, going back to that point than you and I will ever make perhaps in our lifetime. Um, But it's so ridiculous of all the things they're installing, you know, the fun police at half court. I mean, here's the only justification. You know, the job numbers for the U.S. economy were posted recently, and we still have 900,000 people out of jobs. Well, boom, the NBA is like, you know, Stern or whatever, whoever the commission is. We need a few uh, security guards down there. Let's hire some more guys, you know. Let's get that good faith going around the league. Now, yeah, NBA think, cares. I think it's funny. Think about these security guards in this situation, right? Because, one, I'm going to make an argument that these guys are probably already – like involved around the team to begin with. So they probably already know the players on both sides. And so now they got to sit there and they got to be in the middle of the court. Like, no, nah, dude, you can't go see them. And, and, and odds are right. If they're saying hi to each other, they either played with each other before, or they've been to this city a bunch of times and they've got to know each other. Right. So like, yeah, I know you played with them last year and I know, I know him too. We're not allowed to say hi. We, we can't hug. We, we can't, you know, I can't give him a high five. Can't give him a handshake. Can't do shit. Just wait. I think this, this is a rule that's going to be, you know, condemned to laughter. And I think it's going to go by the wayside sooner or later. So I'm glad we're catching on it, you know, catching it now before it goes so we can immortalize it on this pod. But um, it just, but imagine, imagine, you know, LeBron is going to hug, you know, Kyrie. <laughs> you think you think you know that person in the middle is going to stop LeBron? <laughs> yeah, like, one the security guard, and here would be the funniest thing too. Imagine if they if they had guys like you or I as these security guards, right? So you're sitting there, and the NBA's got you know six foot seven foot players, and then you got five foot nine security guards, and, and, and they're trying to stop, you know? Oh man, oh man, it wouldn't work. It reminds me of like when the NFL is sitting there right before the season and there's all this talk of like, okay, do, do we've got COVID protocols? You know, do you've got, how are the facilities going to run? Are, have you got testing lined up? Have you paid for enough, enough testing so that they can get tested every day? And, and they're like, uh, we're going to ban Jersey swaps. <laughs> Great job. Yep. Yeah. Really what we were worried about. We were really worried that the O-linemen and D-linemen that were just playing against each other the whole fucking game and basically hugging. Uh, well, now they have each other's jerseys. That's really bad. That's how they're going to get COVID. Yeah, they took a leaf from the end. I had forgotten about that, Jack. That's a great point. It's just another ineffective. Uh... Oh, man, why? Like, who, who in the NBA's, like, front office was like, or corporate office was like, yes, let's prevent them from hugging. Unless it was just purely for attention grabbing relevance. And and let's get some of these other leagues in here too. Yeah. Uh, NBA or NHL. 
right? NHL is banning uh, or putting um, Alexander Ovechkin and a couple other Washington Capital players on the COVID list for a number of days uh, because they were in the same hotel room together uh, over the past weekend. And yeah. now, uh, well, I saw that. I saw that they also got fined a hundred grand. Now, on the and hockey players don't make that much. Well, the team was the team was fined. Okay, I didn't know that. If you were gonna, I was gonna say Ovechkin. Yeah, no problem. That's chump change. The other guys, that's probably a fucking lot of money. But but so you're gonna ban them from being in a hotel room together when they probably spend all of the rest of their day together, anyways. Anytime they're at the practice facility, and then I don't know if you know much about hockey players, but have you ever seen them try and drink water? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Horses on the goddamn bench. I mean, you spray water in them in their mouth and they just spit it all back up onto the bench. It's not like, you know, th- that's how they're going to get it. I mean, so why can't they just say what's up after a game and hang out for a little bit? I mean, you know how isolated you're going to be if you're just sitting there and all you do is you play hockey and then you go sit in a hotel room and then you go play hockey and then you sit in a hotel room. Yeah. The feel for those guys. I mean, I, we're going stir crazy and. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's one of those rare instances where it's like, yeah, they make hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. I feel for them. I feel for them, but also hockey players, like, you know, generally speaking, the senses they have much. Well, I'm not saying like baseball or basketball or football players have any less respect for the game, but you know, hockey players for the most part hold the game sacrosanct, right? So when you look at what they did at the end of the last season, they were real. They, you know, they crossed their T's and dotted their eyes when they were in Toronto, and then um, uh, where was the other Edmonton? Wherever the other hub city was, there was two of them, right? They were really good about it. I mean, sure, it wasn't an airtight bubble, but they, you know, they were, you know, they were still very cautious about it. Sharks were shit. They weren't even in the bubble. They didn't even qualify for the bubble. They didn't make it. Like I, well, fuck. I'll I'll turn on the finals at the end, but I mean, eh, I don't get to watch my team anymore. But you know, uh, look up uh, to your point of how high of an esteem they hold the game. Look up. uh, I forget the name of the book it goes into the rules of fighting and enforcers in hockey. And it talks about, you know, the way that they police the game is such a unique thing. And, and we like to think as fans that fighting just happens because you made a dirty hit or you don't like the guy or you just want to spark some energy. But there's like, there's like rules about it, like really a lot more yeah. rules than you would ever expect. And there's stuff like, okay, your big guy hit one of our small guys. So, so we get to hit one of your big or your small guys. And if that guy doesn't step up for himself, then we're going to go after a, a a better player or a a more, you know, finesse player, you know, it's like, there is so much intricacy to that culture. It's so unique. There's rules. Like if you get in a fight, you stop when someone draws blood, Uh, the warriors code. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if that's what the name of the book is, but there's like a Warriors, I, and I'm not talking about the Dropkick Murphys album, but it's similar. It's in a similar vein. Thing. You just really gave your geography right there by <laughs> not talking about the Dropkick Murphys, eh? Yeah, I've talked enough about New Orleans. People might get the wrong idea. Yeah. 
Well, anyways, thanks everyone for having us. Thanks for listening. If you got this far, we appreciate your viewership. Thank you to the collective, you know, we're calling all of it just one collective. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, that was another pod. Thank you, Bass. We'll catch you guys next week. All right. Love you guys.